Hello, 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 hello. Welcome, welcome. We are back. We are back. Welcome to our No Greater Love page. I shouldn't say welcome because we're here. We're just coming together. You guys are with me. We're here for another week of No Greater Love. Thank you, thank you for actually taking the time out to listen, to hear what is up and coming um, for this week um, and what God gave me, I feel, to share with you all. Um, If this is your first time joining us, this episode is it right here. (laughs) Um, So when you're done with this episode, make sure you share it with whomever you feel needs it, all right? And like I said, I'm not concerned about numbers, but my concern is that someone that needs to hear this episode to get through something that they're dealing with, that it reaches them, okay? So if somebody pops up in your head when you listen to this episode, please forward this episode to them, okay? So today our topic is going to be when our emotions don't match up with God's promise, okay? But before we get into that, before we get into that, I got to talk to you guys about conversation I was having with my sister the other day, and we were cracking up and joking about um, a long time ago when we, used, when we used to do some really dumb things, right? <laughs> when you're a kid, you are moved by whatever you're feeling. Whatever you're feeling at the moment, you just jump and you just go with it. As a child, this is how we are. Um, I know that you recall sometimes in your life, like mostly when you're young, hopefully not when you're an adult, because we should be thinking different. But as a child, you can recall a time that we reacted upon just the feeling and our our emotions, right? So I remember that um, (laughs) one time, we were home, and this is uh, a while ago. I'm giving my age here, but this is when we used to have landlines in the house. No cell phones. It was landlines, like a phone in the wall that you would call. Okay. So in that time, during that time, there used to be all these advertisements and where they would get you financially by giving you a 1-900 number to call um, and the audience they seemed to appeal the most to were kids because they knew kids spent a lot of time watching TV. And so while we were watching TV, um, we didn't get, you know, we would see um, cartoons or commercials in between that would talk about this was around Christmas time, obviously, before I tell you that this was around Christmas time, where there was this commercial that said, if you dialed one nine hundred such and such Santa, you'd be able to call and speak with Santa Claus, right? Daphne and I were very young. We had to probably couldn't have been more than six or seven, or whatnot at that time. And truly believing that Daphne. Now this wasn't me, y'all. I'm giving it to Daphne, my sister. Okay, wasn't me. My sister decided to take it upon herself to. Call this 900, a 1 900 number to tell Santa what she wanted for Christmas. Now, it would have been okay, not really okay, but it tells you at the end of the commercial that make sure, like really fast, it tells you really fast 
to make sure you tell your parents, do not do this without the consent of an adult. That was their disclaimer. But of course, who's listening to that when you want to talk to Santa, right? So my sister calls this 900 number to speak to Santa and tell Santa what she wanted. Now, of course, we're young. She's not thinking that this is a recorded device, just speaking and saying, ho, 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 I'm Santa. And so she gives her instructions. And then after the recorded device, it actually cuts off after a certain point. And when you, no, it doesn't cut off. It's, I think you press a button and when you're done. So Daphne had this whole long list of things that she wanted for Christmas. So she calls this number, 900. We probably got charged $5 for the first, uh, $5 or $10 for the first one minute. And um, she calls the number, gives her list, and then pounds and hangs up. So right off the bat, we probably got charged about 5 or $10 um, on the bill. Daphne proceeds to make another call because she forgot that there was something else that she needed to say. Okay, so you get where I'm going with this. She did this, according to her memory, several times, right? (laughs) So, of course, when the bill came back, the phone bill for the house came back, that was when my father saw that Daphne ran up the bill as high as she did calling Santa Claus. Of course, we didn't know that there was going to be a a bill that high when she called. But I mean, I wasn't there or maybe I was there. I don't remember. But Daphne specifically remembers her getting in a lot of trouble for making all those calls. And I vaguely remembered it. But I told Daphne, my words to her was, "How? why would you do such a dumb thing like that? So you know what she does? She hits me back. And she says the same reason why you did that dumb thing you did. So let me tell you guys what I did. I trumped her dumb decision because of my feelings and emotions. (laughs) One day I was riding on a highway. We used to live in Brooklyn. That's my hometown where I was born. We used to live in Brooklyn and we would travel up and down the highway to go from Jersey back to Brooklyn. On this day, this is why they don't allow young children to sit in the front seat of a car. I don't know why, like, I guess it's just too much going on in the front seat. It's just best to be in a car seat strapped in in the back. But this was a long time ago. I'm not telling (laughs) y'all exactly when, but you could pretty much figure out that. I was sitting in the front seat. I think I was old enough to not be in a car seat, but young enough where I should have been in one of those, like, booster seats or whatever um and but I wasn't I was sitting in the front seat next to my father my favorite spot in a seat belt um I was it was I in the seat belt was I buckled in I'm he might have told me to buckle up but I didn't really I I I don't remember yeah I did I did have a seat belt let me take that back he made sure I had a seat belt before I pulled off we were on the highway my sister was in the back seat we're traveling um through the highway a feeling comes over me <laughs> and I look over at the passenger door and I say, hey, I wonder what would happen if I unlocked this door and I opened it. This is OK. Before y'all start judging me, this is the time where you would watch shows and see people riding through the things that I shouldn't probably have been watching. I would, you know, you would see people open the doors and then the car would like speed up and the doors would close. I don't know what was running through my mind exactly at that point, 
But the last thing on my mind was thinking that I could be harmed from doing what I was doing. It was just a feeling, I wonder. So I, I went, I unlocked the door and I pulled the lever of the door. So my father who was driving at normal speed down the highway, he liked to drive fast. <laughs> he looks his right and sees the door open and screams at the top of his lungs, I had never been so scared in my whole life. He grabs me, grabs the door and shuts it. I don't even want to tell you all the words that came out my father's mouth that day. <laughs> but needless to say, it wasn't pleasant. I did get in a lot of trouble for that. And it scared me straight never to ever. Uh, something I don't know about, let me find out about it, but not try it without knowing fully on what it's all about. Um, I never made that mistake again, clearly, but I brought this story to you guys because this, these two episodes were results in how, when we felt something, we did it, but it wasn't necessarily good for us. Yet at the same time, there are some things that, oddly enough, our feelings and our emotions might not align up with the promises or the good things that are coming. And so we fall into this space of maybe sadness, anger, frustration. And if we're not careful, we'll allow that feeling that we have to consume us and not hang on to the promise that God says for his chosen, the people, his people, okay? So um, first we have to look at emotions and what the definition of an emotion is. The definition of an emotion is a state of feeling, all right? We talked about the emotions that my sister and I, we were just feeling, it was an emotion. We just felt it and we did it. Okay, and the feeling. So when you say state of feeling, the feeling, the definition of a feeling is the susceptibility to impression, otherwise known as the lack of ability to resist. Can you see now why your emotions should not dictate your actions? I'm going to say it again. The definition of a feeling is a susceptibility to impression, otherwise meaning the lack of ability to resist. It is just what it is, a feeling. You don't, you can't resist, you, you just do something or you act, it's an emotion, a feeling. It is, I can't stress the importance of not allowing just the feeling that you have dictate the decisions and the choices that you make in life. When you use only just a feeling to make decisions and choices, feelings are fleeting. They, they go, they're, they're here today, they're gone tomorrow. I can feel happy today, but maybe if the rain and the clouds come, I'm not happy tomorrow. And if I'm moving and making choices in my life based on just a feeling, 
I am going to destroy the calling and the purpose that God has for me. For example, if we look at a person, a, a, a man who was God himself, but also a full human being, there is evidence of him being human in the word of God. If you look at the Bible, you will see that God was fully Jesus, I should say, was fully God in the spirit, but he was also fully flesh. He was a he, he was a human with feelings and emotions. When he didn't eat, he was hungry. When he was sad, he cried. We look at we look at um the scripture in where Jesus is facing the crucifixion crucifixion this is right before he's getting ready to be crucified and he has this prayer he gets down on his he gets well, say he just comes down to pray before god and he is vexed in his he is feeling all kinds of feeling if you look at it it says that jesus struggled with the need to accept the torture and the shame that he was getting ready to face. He struggled with it. How many times have we struggled with something that we know we have to face? That feeling, the feeling that Jesus had, you can tell is expressed when he says, let this cup pass from me. Okay, so if you look at that, if you look at the scripture, of Luke, if you look at Luke in the Bible, when you have a time, just read the chapter of Luke, but there's specific parts in the book of Luke that talks about Jesus in his human form, where it says that Luke, who who wrote the book of Luke, obviously, who um, he was a physician and he noticed that Jesus was sweating blood. That If you look in your into your medical library, the idea of sweating blood is like pure anguish, pure rage, like just stress beyond measure, so much to the point that the pores begin, blood begins to come out of the pores, right? Luke noticed this, all right? In, in, in Luke 22 and 44, it says Jesus is sweating blood. Um, Jesus says in Luke 22, Verse 42, he says, if you are willing, meaning he's asking God, if you are willing, let this cup pass from me, if you would will it. So Jesus is saying, I feel a way about, I am, I am in, in anguish and torment, like I know what's ahead. God, if it's your will, would you, is there any other way? He's basically going to God and saying, if there's any other way that this can be accomplished, God, if there's another way, can, can, can you make it happen? Now that goes to tell you that there was no other way. There was no other option because we know, spoiler alert, what happens after. So the only way that we could be saved to be with God again was for Jesus to sacrifice for God to sacrifice his only son, Jesus, to die for us. Jesus did not allow his feelings and his torment or whatever 
he was feeling to dictate or change the, the promise that was in the word that he had to be sacrificed. He went bravely before everything and everyone and did what he had to do despite what he felt in his, in his flesh. Matthew 6 and 10, Jesus specifically says, not my will, but yours be done. He lets God know, not my will, but yours be done. What does that say to us? Let's come back to us. Today's day and age. What does that say to us? Jesus is the perfect example of how, regardless of what our feelings are, when we allow the will of God to take place, ultimately we know that a result of Jesus allowing himself to be sacrificed and before it led to the many, many, many souls over the thousands of years who've been saved. It allows for us to have a second chance to be with God, that we're, we're no longer doomed to hell and that we are given, as long as we believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, as long as we believe, it allows us a chance to understand, like Romans 10 and 9, it says that if we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So those of us who declare it with our mouth, with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith. If we believe these things, then we are saved. So ultimately, what this says to us and what it meant to me was that daily throughout my life, feelings that I have felt, I've made the mistakes of using my feelings and emotions and allowing that to dictate my decisions, my choices. If I didn't feel like something was right? I just went along with it. If I felt like something was great, I went along with it. Did I go before God? Did I, did I come before God and ask him what his will was for my life? Not in all my cases, no. And in the past, I could say definitely not. I felt the feeling in the life that I had been living for so many years. If I felt something, I just went with it. And I'm here to tell you today that that is going to lead to demise. And, it, and, and I'm not saying it's final because if you can recognize the error now, there is still time to fix it, to change the trajectory, to change everything around by not allowing your feelings to dictate the choices you make in life or the decisions that are made for you or the things that God promises over you. God promised that Jesus would be raised from the dead. He promised that. He said that in his word. He revealed that to Jesus, that Jesus had to sacrifice himself in order for God to be able to reconnect with humankind and those who chose to be saved. So. Jesus put to the side his own feelings and emotions and sought the will of God. I'm saying to you, seek 
the will of God above your own feelings. If you're in something right now and you feel like this is what I want to do, this feels right, this feels good, this feels perfect, do you know if that is the will of God for your life? Are you willing to bet your life on it? Are you willing to take a step forward knowing that you possibly might be making the wrong decision? Because at the end of the day, let's be clear, y'all, we don't know what our tomorrow brings, but God does. So what I know and I believe and what I've seen evidence of up until this week, evidence in my own life, I'm standing here before you as a witness that I had all kinds of feelings of something that was getting ready to happen in my own life. I felt that things were going to go one way. But I, I, I got on my knees and I committed to God that whatever his will was for my life, I would follow that. But my feelings were saying opposite, y'all. I'm going to be honest. My feelings was, I was all in just disarray, anxious, nervous, tears. But in all, in all of that, I believed that God's will, if I stood firm, that God's will would be done. I'm not going to lie to y'all and tell y'all it wasn't emotional. It wasn't an emotional roller coaster. Yes, it was. It was an emotional roller. One day I felt confident. I felt like this is it. This is God. I know the decision that's coming up next is of God's will. The next day I was in despair, y'all. <laughs> I was in I was laid out like, Lord, I don't know. I feel like this is not going to work. I feel like I was in total dis because these are my emotions. They're getting the best of me. They're just they're just overtaking me. We already talked about what an emotion was. It, it, an emotion is just a feeling. It was just a feeling. And so when we, we, we go by our feelings, if I said, you know what, this doesn't feel right, and I made a decision based on how I felt, oh, man, I would have lost out on the overflow of blessings that God had stored up for me. Sitting here and moving by my own emotions would have withheld me from this great promise that God had for me. And now for the first time, for the first time, I look and I see the promises. I see the great things I have experienced. I have received the promises of God. Why? Because I didn't allow what my feelings were telling me. I wanted the will of God to be done for me. And so what does that look like? People say, well, how do I know what God's will is for my life as opposed to my own feelings. How do I know the difference between the two? Well, I'm gonna tell you straightforward what it is. If you go before God about a decision or something in your life, first and foremost, I would ask that you know that you are saved. And if you're not sure of what that looks like, be very, be very careful to go into the book of Romans and read chapter 10, 
but read chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Follow those instructions and there you know you are saved. It is by your own faith and belief that you are saved when you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe that God is coming again, that Jesus is coming again. If you believe that, you are saved. Read specifically Romans 10 and specifically Romans 10, 9 and 10. Now, after you've done that, you are God's chosen. You are saved. You are saved. You are his called. So that means that every promise that he has for you, for your life, shall come to pass if you would will it so. If, if he would will it so, I'm sorry. If he would will it so, and if you would allow it to take place. God is not forcing you to make uh, decisions concerning him. You have to be willing to do that. So what did I do to make this decision? To, to, to um, allow God's will to come forward? I, number one, cried it out, thought about it, overthought, overthought, and overthought. Yet in spite of overthinking, crying, stress, and feeling, despite feelings I had, I did not before getting confirmation that God said, this is it. That is very hard for people to comprehend because we live in a world where if we don't see something happening, we just do it. Well, there are major decisions in my life where if God says I have to wait a year, two years, five years for that decision to be made, I'm willing to wait. I don't want to. My feelings don't want to. But I'm willing to do that because I'd rather do that than spend an eternity suffering for just making decisions based on my feelings. Now, for my specific situation, this could have went either way. I could have chosen to take matters into my own hands based on my own feelings. And I chose not to because I believed in my heart that God would never fail me. And he never has. This thing got down to the, I'm talking down to the, last minute and when it got down to that last minute my God my God came right on time maybe not at the time that I would have wanted him to come but God's time is not our timing and we keep forgetting that I used to get frustrated and say well look God I'm not here forever I'm not like the people in the old days where I'm going to live to like 200 and 300 years old. God knows that. God created us. He knows how much time we have on this earth. So when there comes a major decision to be made in our lives, let us not sit and think that, uh, well, I feel this way and I feel confident in this and this is what I'm going to go with. That is only going to lead to years and years of where you could have just simply crossed the street, you are now going to go around the whole country to go right across the street. That's what you're going to do. Instead of just waiting on God, and when God's decision, let me tell you what it looks like, when God's decision or his will comes to pass, 
What that looks like is the door. When they say stand at the door, knock, and it, it will be open, that's exactly what happens. You stand at the door, and God's will comes through, and the door is completely opened. I'm talking about without no resistance, without you having to beg, borrow, steal, without you having to do, God opens the door. There, it's laid out for you. There's no resistance. You know, prior to getting to that point, there might be some kind of resistance, but when it comes to the ultimate final decision, that door is just open and Every promise that God has for your life is laid out. And now you can rejoice in knowing that God backed up the decision you made. But that requires that P word again that we hate. That requires patience. Patience to watch every day as things go and they might not go and your feelings go up and down and they're all over there is a peace that God promises when you trust him. Even in the midst of uncertainty, you don't have to go through the emotional roller coaster that I went through. You can experience peace when you know that God said he was going to do something, he promised it, and it will be done. It will come to pass. What my prayer is, God, what is your will for my life? Not what I want. What is your will for my life? And when God reveals that to me, the door just opens up. I take the necessary step. I took the necessary steps to try to see, well, maybe it was this. That door shut. Maybe it was this. That door shut. Maybe it was that. That door shut. Did I push against the door? Did I push harder? Did I try to resist and do something that maybe I could do this and come up with this math? No. I just sat still. If I knew that, give you an example. If you know that, okay, you want to purchase a home. In the process of purchase a home, there's some sort of compromise or resistance that's taking place in order for that home to be purchased. Then let's be clear. It was not God's will. <laughs> if you have to compromise anything that doesn't align up with the word of God, it was not God's will. Now, God will allow it to take place. And so what will take place from that will be, hey, instead of you, again, crossing the street, which you will eventually cross the street because God, that's God's will for your life, you will have to go around the whole world. And instead of it being done in one year, it's done in six years. And you would have wasted years and years of tears, frustration, and pain because you chose to do it your way. I am telling you today, guys, as a person who stands here enjoying the fruits of God's labor because I finally went against what I was feeling and submitted to the will of God, please just trust God in whatever decisions you are making in your life. Trust God's will for your life as opposed to how you feel. What makes my heart tear is when people make decisions, major decisions, life-changing decisions based on their feelings. Oh, I don't feel happy today. Um, 
I'm not happy with my husband. I'm not happy with my wife. So therefore I'll divorce. Oh, I'm not, I don't think this is the place for me to live. I don't, I, I don't like, I don't like how this week has been going. I don't like how this year has been going. So this is not where I should live. Oh, oh, so I'll move to another state. Have you sought God for that? Did God confirm it through his word, through his passages, through, through the people that he sent? Did he confirm that to you? And if he did walk in the confidence, you'll, you'll get confirmation. That's how you know it's his will. You'll get confirmation after confirmation that of things, situations that align up with what God says in his word. You'll get those confirmations. Now, if you're standing here, if you're on this line, you're listening, and you are afraid that you've made a decision based on your feelings and not based on the will of God, there is hope. Right now, get on your knees and repent before God. Ask God to forgive you for moving on your emotions. And from this point forward, make a decision not to make a move if it's not by the will of God, by the move of the Holy Spirit, by Son Jesus Christ who leads you. If you now decide to make God be the head and you follow instead of the other way around, God can and God will redeem you. I'm living proof. Things will change and you will now experience, well, maybe not this second, but as long as you stay close to the promises of God and not allow your feelings, you will reap an overwhelming feeling of joy like never before. I can promise you that. I love you guys. I wish you well. I pray for your peace. I pray for the decisions in your life to align up with the promises that God has for you. Okay? If you are still concerned, worried, feel free to leave a message on my podcast and I'll be sure to respond back in helping you to understand God's will and purpose for your life. God bless you. I love you and enjoy your week.